Harper Audio presents Janice, the original. Written and read by Janice Dickinson. Copyright 2002, 2004, 2006 by Janice Dickinson. Production copyright 2006 by HarperCollins Publishers. Due to the graphic nature of the material, this audio is intended for mature audiences only. Perfliction. Hollywood, California, March 1994. For the safety of the general public, there ought to be a sign on my ass reading, Caution! Extra Wide Load. When I sit down, it registers a 6.0 on the Richter. Luckily, this is Los Angeles, where we're obsessed with the Earth actually moving. And no, I'm not getting to my sex life in the first minute of this recording. You'll have to wait at least three or four more seconds until we get there. Maybe 20. Back to my bod. It's humongous, gargantuan, orca-like, which is not how the world's first supermodel, me, likes to describe herself in print. But I have to be honest. I'm so big, I wonder if I'll wind up on CNN. Janice Dickinson plopped down on a couch today, forcing hundreds of people to run for cover in doorways. I'm eight months pregnant, 80 pounds overweight, and I'm going out of my mind. For the first time in my life, I let it all go and did something insane. I picked up a fork and ate, which is strictly forbidden when you're the world's first supermodel. For eight months, there was no binging, no purging, no cocaine, and no alcohol. My drug of choice was food. I was mainlining Hostess and Snickers. I ate like a heifer, looked like an elephant, and dressed like a blimp in a man's white overshirt and black pants. I'm waddling through the lobby of the ultra-she-she, totally fabulous Odeon restaurant with my soon-to-be ex-husband, Simon Fields. And that's when I happen to see my former lover walk through the door, glance my way, and ignore me completely. That's Mick Jagger's love for you. I stare hard at him, wanting a little satisfaction, but I can't get no, well, you know. Mick looks startled by my intense glare and the fact that I mutter loudly, my God, they'll let anyone in here. Ah, the light bulb moment that follows. He clearly recognizes my voice. But when you've met so many women and fucked so many people, it takes a minute to process who's who on the horizontal food chain. Meanwhile, I'm seething, burning, exploding, and Mick deserves my wrath. The nerve of him, dismissing me as if figuring which decade he did me is just too much bother tonight. I can just about see a faint question mark lingering on his face. Did I actually go through a period of fat chicks? I slept with Mick for the better part of a year. In fact, there came a point when I couldn't get rid of this annoying megastar. I once described him to my girlfriends as the most famous, unwanted guest. Frankly, I wasn't that into him, and in hindsight, I'm fairly certain the only reason I stayed was to tell my grandchildren that I'd slept with a rolling stone. Yet I know Mick was into me, and in more ways than one. In that affected English accent, he kept begging me, Baby, I want you to have my baby. When I ignored his mood to multiply, imagine the lips on that kid, he switched tactics and started sending me huge pink elephant roses signing the card. I love you, Prince Philip. Meet me in the lobby right now. I'm at your hotel. Jerry Hall? Jerry who? Around the six-month mark, 
Something happened in our little affair that made things go very tricky. I got swept up in the private jets, the fast lane, and the free tickets to the shows. Who wouldn't? So what if he wasn't a Greek god? This man knew how to seduce a woman. He knew how to love me. Eventually, we broke up. And afterwards, I never expected to be on his Christmas card list again. I did think, however, I might warrant a simple nod or hello if we ever met again in public. I wasn't expecting to be defeated and deflated, in other words, snubbed. Here's how it goes. Mick runs his hand through his long hair, glances at a few women at the bar who might be good for dessert, eyeballs me for a second, and then brushes past looking for greener pastures. After all, I'm no longer a 95-pound pixie waif with short hair and no breasts. I didn't look like a hot little boy anymore, which is the way he seemed to like his women, or at least the way he seemed to like me. No wonder he named his first child Jade. He's so jaded. At this point, I started to fume and spew out the following under my breath. Son of a bitch, asshole, motherfucker! Does he think he can fuck me and just turn around? You weren't that good anyway. As for Simon, he appears, well, uncomfortable. Janice, he whispers, bloody hell, let it go. Blame it on the hormones. Or the fact that Miss Janice Dickinson is no longer perfect. Four weeks shy of giving birth, I can't even fake it. Boobs hanging, face swollen, belly protruding, sucking in my gut. What's the point? A few minutes later, the biggest rock star on the planet is standing smack in front of me. A pregnant girl, now so immersed in her menu that she pretends not to notice the only man on the planet with lips bigger than her own. The vibe is so thick you can feel the glass wall I've erected between us. Janice, I can't believe it's really you, Mick says. But it's hard for him to hide his look of amazement, mixed with a little disgust. Yes, it's finally dawned on Mick that he used to sleep with me, or some thinner, more supermodel-like edition of me he used to know. You'd think Mick had never seen a pregnant woman in his life, as if the tour bus had somehow taken him to a foreign planet, where the women have hips that don't fit in size zero jeans. In fact, Mick is so amazed I'm this big that he gives me a head-to-toe appraisal. No, he won't be inviting me home. Then I swear one of his huge lips unravels so far forward that the restaurant has to send two model-like attendant boys to return it from the parking lot. My brain screams. Who the fuck does he think he is not to recognize me? Even if I do look like Jabba the Hutt. I pause, glance around the room, and execute a 10.0 hair flip. So, Mick, I say in my kindest voice, I guess they'll let anyone in this restaurant. I just can't believe it's you, Mick repeats, stunned. All I can think is, I look like I ought to have an apple in my mouth and a spit running through my back. Why can't you believe it? I'm pregnant, Mick, I say, spitting venom. I can't believe that at one time I actually thought I was in love with this guy. I mean, he was so sensitive, he once dedicated, let it bleed, to me at a Stones concert as an ode to my period. Speaking of hormonal, I was feeling a little more that way every minute. Don't worry, Mick. It's not like I'm packing boxes at a Twinkie warehouse and sampling the goods. Mick can't discriminate. Fat to him is fat. Bulge on my hips. No bulge in his pants. And he's not the only one. In this town, you can't be a piece of ass if you've got a fat ass. 
And so it goes. Here is a man who sent me a basket of caviar and flowers when I was in rehab in 1982, who filled my hotel rooms with roses at $200 a dozen back in the day. I couldn't have been a meaner bitch to him back then, but in his eyes, I could do no wrong. Now it's a different story. That was ages ago. A few years later, I had a beautiful baby boy named Nathan, who's now 17. A year ago, he turned to a size four me and said, Mom, you're getting a little fat. He knows that bothers me more than an unclean room or stealing the car keys. A few years after Nathan, I had a gorgeous daughter named Savvy, and now she thinks she's getting a little heavy too. She's 10. My little girl knows the difference between egg whites and yolks. After all, she was weaned on Metrex and Power Bars. She knows I've had my tits done twice, and the amount of botulism, sorry, Botox, I'm packing in my face could wipe out several small European countries. These days, a girl has to work it so the jaggers, the jack-offs, and everyone in between will get what they want, and she gets what she needs. That's why everything about me is fake, and I'm perfect. Do I have any other choice? That's society's love for you.